Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Stick up on I'll fetch the suitcase from the van. Cause if you want the best, but you don't ask questions, then It's not for you. It won't be a show for you. It's it's needs you need intelligence. It's essentially a whoa. <laughs> Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever and whenever you are listening from This Is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai. I am Sai, and thank you again for joining us today. It's always hugely appreciated. With me, as always, is the Olympic gold medal to my participation trophy, the NCAA to my probably would rather avoid confrontation and run away. A podcaster that says, come on, Queen Lizzie, you've missed me off the honours list again this year. Mr. Mags, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, trying to recover after a hectic week of uh, content creating and guesting on shows and podcasting in general. Uh, just glad to be back watching some absolutely stellar wrestling and, and chatting to one of my favourite people in the world. And then, obviously, we've got to do you before that, so uh, <laughs> let's churn this out. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I thought when you said then, talking to one of my favourite people in the world, I was like, is my wife on the call? <laughs> no, um, to, be, to be absolutely fair, um, what you did uh, last week uh, was absolutely amazing. I, I adore you for doing that. It was so, so cool. Um, totally out of the blue, totally unexpected. Uh, but, yeah, it really... It really warmed my heart. I appreciate you more than you ever know for doing that. Oh, mate, honestly, it was, it was a joy to do. It was a joy to do. So, don't, honestly, don't worry about it, mate. It was it was a joy to do and fully deserved as well. Um, Yeah, so, how, how's your week been, mate? You, you alluded there to lots of shows and you mentioned it just before we pressed the little red button. You've been a busy little boy, haven't you? Yeah, with uh, with the Euros uh, uh, on our doorstep now, uh, and then with UFC and uh, and the the monthly episode of uh, of uh, Love Wrestling that I'm on on the the Sunday brunch. Yeah, it's been a, a packed weekend. It's been essentially every minute of my free time has been booked up with either creating content or uh, helping someone with their content. Uh, so, yeah, I've been catching an hour or two of sleep as and when I can. Uh, yeah, I have no social life. What's a social life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate, fair enough. It is another sweltering hot melt you to the sofa day here <laughs> in lovely serial killer Gloucester. How are things up north, my friend? It's It's not 
it's been it's been hotter over the last few weeks. We still, I mean, now it's like seven o'clock uh, when we're recording, and it's still like twenty two degrees up here. Uh, we've got about four uh, standing fans just just on constantly uh, throughout the house, obviously, because in the UK we don't fit air conditioning because we only need it for a few days of a, a year, so it's not really <laughs> worth it. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, plenty of uh, cooling air fans on the go at the minute. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty bloody warm here, to be honest. Um, it's I'm, I'm in a funny situation right now as well, Mags, actually, as I'm talking to you. As you said, I've just gone 7 o'clock on the Monday night, our, our sort of standard or traditional record time for the time being. Um I'm in the house on my own. Wow. There's no, there's no one here. My lad um, has got a job interview, so he's gone off to that. Oh, good on him. Uh, oh, don't even start me off on that, mate. That was fucking hard work. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's gone off to his job interview. Um, my eldest daughter has gone out riding her bike. Um, sorry, my middle daughter has gone out riding her bike. My eldest daughter is at her mum's. Uh, and my wife and Charlie have gone off to go see a, a family friend. Oh, cool. All within, you know, lockdown rules and so on. Let me just be clear. No one's breaking any, you know, social guidelines right at this minute. I don't know what's been announced today, if anything's going to change. But no, everyone's behaving themselves. But at the same time, I don't think I've ever recorded an episode of Chain Wrestling with nobody in the house. That is strange. That is very strange. Now, what's going to happen is, inevitably, my lad is going to have forgotten his front door key, bang on the front door, <laughs> set the dog off, and I'm going to have to run downstairs in a minute and kick his ass. So just to pre-warn <laughs> you and anyone listening, if that happens, Mags, okay? <laughs> yeah, um, I always feel like, really self-conscious when I'm recording on my own and there's nobody else in the house. It's a really weird feeling, like because you're always expecting to be disturbed, but yet when there's people in the house... You don't expect to be disturbed. It's, it's yeah, it's a weird, weird feeling. Yeah, I got to sing the praises, to be honest. Of uh, well, my wife, um, my son, when he's here, he's not here very often, to be fair. But um, and, the, and my my two youngest daughters, my eldest daughter, as I said, lives with her mother um, elsewhere. So I got to sing their praises, to be fair, because they are dead good. My wife is dead good. She needs to make sure that there's no noise and so on, because it is very difficult where my house is so small and uh, and crap as i've listed numerous times um my my kids my, my two youngest are brilliant they know monday seven o'clock i'm recording chain wrestling yeah. so i've even caught them coming off the internet to make sure they don't interfere with the internet and stuff and that's <laughs> not so in case they use it up <laughs> yeah exactly and that's just what i told them to do obviously you know but that, that, that blade, you know i mean that's that's what they thought would help you know so that's great of them um yeah really good stuff man really good stuff i mentioned on our uh a little intro there about the the queen's honors list this week um i don't know if our listeners in america understand exactly what that is but it's like her birthday honors mags isn't it and she sort of hands out awards to various people like celebrities sporting people ordinary people who've done great work uh, and so on like you know knighthoods and mbes obs uh, uh, and so on have you seen have you seen the list of people getting honored this week or last week whenever uh, it came out? i have not Oh, I mean, you've got Raheem Sterling, the England footballer. Um, Engelbert Humperdinck is getting an award. I think you should just get an award for having the greatest name ever. Um, that is a class name. It is. I, I was just going to say, just to have that as your name and then uh, just own it the way he's owned it and, and have a career uh, out of it. Yeah, I think uh, the guy deserves a, a New Year's honour for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lulu's picking something up. 
Um, and there's only like a thousand people on this list. A lot oh, of people to I, do with the NHS. I, I, uh, I haven't got my, uh, my um, honour in the post. What's uh, what's going on here? Well, that's what I said in the intro, mate, you know. Surely there should be some sort of OBE or MBE. I don't know which one's which or which one means what, but surely there should be some kind of award for services PBE. to podcasting. Yeah, PBE. PBE. <laughs> what's that, yeah. PBE? Podcaster of the British Empire, I would assume. <laughs> Brilliant. If We both should have that on our Twitter handles from now on. That has to go on. <laughs> um one stood out to me though, Magsy, um, which I'm, I'm assuming again you haven't seen if you've not seen the list. Do you I've, remember? I've, the... I've just pulled up the the. Uh, it looks like it's a PDF on the government website of okay of, of everybody who's who's got uh, an award. Just looking for my name. Nope. Nope. Nah. Out of order. Next year, mate. Next year. Next year. <laughs> um, one that stands out to me for services to music is the lady Skin. Who used to sing for Skunk and Nancy? Do you remember Skunk I, and Nancy, Max? I do. I'll, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That album, well, the first early Skunk and Nancy, shall we say, is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Her solo stuff, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, to be honest. It's, it's, uh, that, yeah, it, it's very hit and miss. She did uh, some tracks with um, uh, Maxi. What's it called? Maxi Jazz from. Um, um, the Prodigy, uh, which were really good tracks, uh, but that first album, uh, uh, songs like um, Weak and Hedonism, so good, such a brilliant yeah. album. Yeah, but I mean, that was what 96, 95, yeah. maybe 96, it's all right now, wasn't it? it? It was deep in the kind of black Brit pop era, mm, yeah, and it kind of stood out to me a little bit because I, I, I don't know why it made me sort of chuckle so much, but it's like. It's not like I, I don't think she's done masses. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to sort of take away from anybody at getting in a, a reward or anything like that. But I just I don't know why. But in my head, I kind of played out this image of the queen walking around uh, the palace with some big Bluetooth headphones on over her crown, singing along to "Weak" by Skunk and Nancy, and thinking perhaps she's got the award because she's a big Skunk and Nancy fan. Our queen. I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's, it just sort of stood out as an odd one to me. Yeah, I mean, I could understand what you mean, but. Um... Maybe they're running out of singers and, and artists to give uh, awards to, or maybe it's because uh, she does so much like behind the scenes uh, in terms of like, producing or, or charitable work that, that that's how she's got on the Queen's radar. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, I, I, to be fair, I don't even think the Queen particularly picks who gets the awards. I'm sure there's a committee that says who's going to get them, and then the Queen's like... Hello, uh, yeah, I award the <laughs> sir skin, uh, madam skin. Of, uh, <laughs> I'm sure sir skin is probably like a, a porn website, so I'll go with madam skin. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a porn site too, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that, that's just an image in my head of, of, of the queen singing along to like... You know, Weak as I am... <laughs> No tears for you. Oh, just fucking brilliant, man. Um, <laughs> I've got a little update on Lemmy as well, mate. Something horrific happened last night that that, that scared the crap out of me. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's now Sir Lemmy of Gloucester. No, no, he's not been knighted or honoured in the Queen's list or anything like that. Perhaps we should start a petition. I don't know. Do you get do you get cats knighted? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you may do <laughs> for services to cat the cat industry. Yeah. Anyway, he was in the back garden making a bloody awful racket, and the wife sort of shouting like, "You know, you need to come sort him out." 
because he's got a rat. Now, you know, the cats here, there's there's big old field and all that sort of stuff right by us. They go off and they catch little mice and, and whatever. But the wife's saying he's got a rat. And I'm thinking, well, is it just a big mouse? And she's like, no, it's a rat. I've seen its tail. It's huge. So, and my Lemmy has never caught anything before in his life, just to make this clear. He's never, you know, the cats do this, don't they? They catch birds, they catch this, like, you know, they bring them to the house because they think they're giving you a gift. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I've never believed that theory. I've always thought that they've brought them to say, cook this for me. I want to eat this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sick of that kitty cat shat. Yeah. I'd like this, please. <laughs> he's, basically, he's come to the... And I'm looking at it, it's dark, and there's a bit of long grass where he's playing, and I can see this long thing, and I'm thinking, the fuck is that? That does look like a massive rat's tail, doesn't it? Bloody hell. And I got a bit closer... And Lemmy's literally throwing it up in the air. And then he's jumping in the air and doing some kind of crazy flip and then landing and just fighting this thing. And, it, and I get a bit closer and it's not a massive rat's tail, mate. It's a fucking snake. Honestly, it's a fuck. Oh, well, I, I don't know whether it's like, I don't know what you call it, like a slow worm or you get adders around this, this sort of area as well. It's a fucking Ouch. snake, mate. And Lemmy's playing with this fucking snake. And it's, thankfully, it's dead. All right? So I don't know if Lemmy's killed it or he's just found this fucking dead snake or dead slow worm or whatever it is but this thing is huge it's about a foot long right and it's about an inch inch and a half thick in the in the thickest part going down to a point at the end uh, and i'm looking and it's a fucking odd sort of dark greeny brown color uh, wow. but it is it is huge mate this thing and let me having the fucking time of his life he thinks this is fantastic uh, like i said he's throwing it up in the air and jumping around and flinging it everywhere of course the wife's gone oh my god get it off him and i'm thinking oh, i don't really fucking want to <laughs> how how was uh as mrs powell confused a snake with a rat no because the size of it well especially half of it where lemmy was it's like he's got where the patio is there's a patch of like longer grass Okay. Sort of just to the side of it. It's all like a little rough area. And Lemmy likes to play in the longer grass. Okay. So he's playing away, and Lemmy's half sticking out of this grass, and this thing is half sticking out of the grass. The and, snake tail. Yeah, and, to look, and it looks like a rat's tail. And your first thought isn't going to be the cat's got a snake, is it? Your first thought's going to oh, be the no. cat's got a mouse or whatever. So it looked like it looked like a rat's tail until oh, you wow. saw the rest of it, and there was no rat attached. There was just more tail, <laughs> and it ended up being a fucking snake or a my mum said it might be like, I think they call it a slow worm or something like that, don't they? Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's actually a snake. No, uh, no, no, no. That's not just like a big-ass well, worm, isn't it? It, it would still be, look terrifying. I mean, a, a giant slow worm would still look very much like a snake. <laughs> yeah. So. He was adamant, mate. He was adamant this was his. This is his new favourite thing, and he was bringing it in the house. And, of course, it's baking hot, as, as, as you and I have just covered. I'm having to shut the windows because I shut the back window because he's in the back garden. I shut the door. I shut the back window. Um, and he's at the back window with this thing in his mouth up against the glass wanting to come in. And I'm like, you're not bringing that. You're not bringing that. Uh, slapping the glass with the, <laughs> with, with the snake slash slow worm out. Yeah. Whack. Whack. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, you ain't coming in. So I shut the little window at the top as well. Not that you can get in that way, but of course my head's thinking, just shut everything up. I'm already baking and spraying. In case he throws it through that window. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, as I've done this, he's looked past me. And then disappeared down the alleyway, down the side of the ice. We've got like an alleyway that runs from the back garden to the front. So you've just got access he right down the spotted the front door open. And I've been like, 
oh shit so i've turned around and basically ran the incredibly short distance of my house it's very small as i said and i've got there just in time to shut the door <laughs> and, and and the what and the big window in the front as he's trying to get in and he's got this bloody fit and he's took it back around the back again and then he's at the back window again like meowing eventually he came in at like one o'clock this morning and he didn't have it and I can't find it in the garden. So I don't know what's happened to this thing, but that was not an enjoyable enjoyable passage of time, mate. That was not cool, you know? He is eating this, this little worm. I guarantee you. Without a shadow of a doubt. Once he's finished having fun uh, wrestling his slow worm and practicing his cat karate moves, uh, he's definitely eating that, that slow worm. <laughs> that is grim. He was like... Well, obviously he's using his mouth as opposed to arms because he's got like four legs rather than arms, and he he was like literally throwing it over himself. It's like he was German suplex in this thing, you know? <laughs> which is ironic compared to the match that we're going to be talking about later on. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's been doing. He's been he caught you watching that match and thought, "I'm going to get in on this. That looks fun." Grab the the nearest snake to him. At hand and for our German <laughs> suplex the shit out of the snake. I'll oh, fab the me. snake. I'll uh, I'll angle slam the snake. <laughs> F five would be far off because he was like spinning it in the air and shit. So <laughs> bloody old lem. Oh dear. Ah, before we get to Twitter though, Mags, I've got a quick quick thing I want to comment on um, before we get to our non-wrestling topic, I suppose. And it will be very quick. I'm not going to go into any big details or anything like that. I'm afraid we have a little bit of a pimple dick alert again. Pimple dick alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. This guy is actually a little bit more famous than the last jackass who I took offence to saying something on Twitter. Um, this is the Disco Inferno of XWCW fame, if you remember oh. him. Mm-hmm. And now uh, of uh, Team Vince Russo, I think he's on the 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 brand or whatever it's called. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it is, you know, it comes across very much like a throwaway comment. But again, it's that situation of you don't need to say anything. Scroll on, you pimple dick mm-hmm. bastard. Um, and again, it involves our friend uh, Craig from Pro Wrestling Musings, who we covered a great deal oh. uh, the other day. So I'm not going to say anything more about Craig. Me and him have messaged. He's, you know, he knows the crack. He's thanked us for saying what we did last time. Literally, just says, um, "Is at the real disco." I don't think wrestling could get any nerdier. Whilst quote tweeting some of uh, Craig's hard work, um, Mister Inferno. I mean, Inferno, let's be honest, the only Inferno you currently suffer is the burning when you pee, you dirty little scrot. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn, or whatever your real name is, Glenn Gilberti. Yeah. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about you, you pimple dick shite, but there's no need for this. Scroll on by. You don't need to pass comment. Nobody thinks you want, no, but people have seen you wrestle, so nobody thinks or no will ever think you're big, because why? You're five foot two? Who knows? Um, I, think, I think your dancing disco heels made you gain a couple of inches potentially, but I don't know. And um, he's talking about wrestling being nerdy. His biggest gimmick was was a ripoff of Saturday Night Fever, and that's yeah. that's what he's still known for now. He's not known for anything else. He's known for being a disco dancer in a wrestling uh, promotion. So wrestling could get nerdier. It, you could be a disco dancing wrestler. That's yes. pretty much, very much nerdier than the hard work that, that Craig puts into uh, breaking down wrestling matches into statistics. Which is incredibly interesting if you take the time to read it. And I'm going to mm-hmm. assume that 
I'm going to assume that uh, Mr. Gilberti um, either A, can't read, or B, hasn't took the time to read. Because if he did, he would realise how excellent Craig's work is. So you're a complete pimple dick, Mr. Inferno. Um, when the coolest part of your gimmick is your entrance theme, and you're not actually sang to the ring by somebody like Motorhead, you know how much you suck. Okay? So scroll on by, stop being a pimple dick little shitbag, shut your mouth, and carry on doing your, your, your pretty dire, over-opinionated work with Vince Russo. Okay? Thank you, please. Pimple, alert! Oh, a teeny weenie. Right, Maggie, wow. should we get to Twitter for something a bit nicer? Yes, let's. And you came up with a, a cracking topic that got a, a hell of a lot of replies, so uh, we've got plenty to talk about. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I get, not as many as the films, you'll be happy to know, but there's some that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shock! Yeah. <laughs> but most of them I do know. Um... So, again, I want to thank everybody, you know, and I'm sure Magsy does as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody who has messaged in and, and responded to our non-wrestling topic. I had a great time sort of looking through um, and it reminding me of shows and that as well. Um, what I'll do, Mags, is we'll run through them again as normal, sort of in the order they came to us. Um, mm-hmm. And then sort of give our thoughts on the shows, whether we liked them or not, or whatever, basically, Bird, yeah? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Um, sorry, our topic. I don't know if I actually told the listeners there. Our topic is... <laughs> it, <laughs> our topic is... Oh, we're so good. It Well, me. <laughs> our topic is uh, sitcoms. Ones you loved, ones you hated, ones you find were ridiculously funny, ones that you just didn't get. Anything at all with regarding sitcoms, classic sitcoms, new ones, anything at all. Um, the first response we had was from at GriffinK1 on Twitter. Okay. Uh, he says, "Feel good featuring May Martin is amazing. Not really a sitcom, but more than a watch, more than worth a watch." I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that is. Uh, let's get to the old Google. So, what was it called? Feel good. Um, yeah, television program. May Martin. M A E. Yeah. A British comedy drama created by May Martin and Joe Sumgar. What's the plot of the show? Um, the show follows the development of Georgia May's romance in contemporary Manchester. Oh, sounds, um, yeah, it sounds interesting. It's on Netflix now. Um, it's got Lisa Kudrow from, from Friends in it. So, oh, okay. Uh, might be worth okay. a watch. Oh, and it's got Anthony Head, um, the, the, the teacher from Buffy in it. Um, and he's, he's always, uh, pretty good. Um, so oh, yeah, like yeah, it wasn't my kind of show, but uh, I understand why people liked it. But yeah, that's something I, I may uh, check out. Probably won't, but I may do. <laughs> uh, at UTT Rob says he's, he's narrowed it down not just to a sitcom he loves, but he's narrowed it down to an episode, Mags. <laughs> out of all the, the comedy out there, all the series and all the episodes, he's narrowed it down to literally one episode. His favourite ever sitcom episode is the election episode from Blackadder the Third. Always cracks him up, he says. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, uh, Blackadder's funny. I don't mind yeah. Blackadder. Um, so it's a, a, a great pick. Yeah, I like Blackadder. I mean, the first series is a bit a bit off, isn't it? It's not quite funny. Yeah. You know, it's not quite the same as the others, but I really enjoy Blackadder, yeah. So that, mm-hmm. that cracks me up. Like. Um, and he also says here, Rob... Any sitcom that moves from BBC Two or Three to BBC One instantly becomes a shitcom. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I can agree with that, uh, and I think you can. You don't just have to narrow that down to sitcoms. Any kind of like uh, quiz show, panel show, TV show uh, that that makes that jump usually becomes terrible. Um, I, I will rue the day that Only Connect makes the jump to BBC One because I'm sure it'll be ruined after that. Uh, what? Uh, sorry, Only Connect, one of the best games. Oh. It's a. It's not for you. It won't be a show for you. It's. It's needs. You need intelligence. It's essentially a. Whoa. <laughs> it's a. It's a, a game show where um, there's two teams and you have to find the connections between a certain amount of uh, of clues and the the quicker you can get the connection, the more points that you get. Ah, okay. Like blockbusters connecting from one side to the other. No, 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 no. Uh, I used to like blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I have a pee, please, Bob? Is that yeah. that's probably why you liked it? No, essentially, each uh, each uh, team will pick whichever cl- um, like section they want, and then they'll have to they'll get four clues. Uh, the first clue, if they can get the connection off that, they'll get like four points. Then three points if they get it off the second one. Two, then one if they can get it at all. Um, but you don't get to. Uh, it's not like the teams have a go each and, and try and work it out. It only gets thrown to the other team if if they can't get it at all. Right, um, okay. Give it a watch. It's got uh do you know David Mitchell from uh Peep Show? Yeah. It's his wife is the host of it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I see Peep Show. That's a good sitcom. Yeah. I really, really like Peep Show. That gets mentioned, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Um our good buddy Paul Tolly at Rain Counter on Twitter. He asks, first of all, is Curb Your Enthusiasm a sitcom? Um, uh, he says there, there are many episodes of that that literally make him cry with laughter, and then he goes on to list quite a few. Um, I've never seen it, Magsy. Never have I. I've heard of it, and I know the, the kind of like the, the theme music of it, but it's never been a pro, uh, program that I have ever sat down and watched a single episode of. Mm, loads of people rang on you know, talk about it, they're saying how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. I'll just give it a go. Same with uh, uh, Parks and Recreation. Never, never watched anything like that. Just uh, normally. So if that hmm. gets mentioned, I don't know we'll... if it does. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> um, he says the worst is the Big Bang Theory. He said that's oh. the one that is really popular that he doesn't get at all in any way. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state Then nearly 14 million years ago Expansion started waiting The Earth began to cool The autotrophs began to drool Neanderthals developed tools Yeah, it's, it's... I don't like it at all and it, it's, I usually catch like the maybe the last five minutes of it before Hollyoaks starts uh, yeah I don't get the comedy I don't think it's, it's that kind of thing that where it's canned laughter uh, and there'll be a certain audience that, that gets it, but I am not that audience. My wife thinks it's all right. My daughters think it's great. Um, I went for a spell of absolutely hating it. Like literally thinking this is just, it's not funny. It's absolute garbage. And it, it sort of took over from friends for me, not saying that, saying that friends wasn't funny. I'll get to that in a moment, but that friends seem to be on all the time on E4 Paramount Channel, Comedy Channel, whatever. Friends seem to be on all the time, like 
hours and hours and hours of it. Then all of a sudden, Friends disappeared, and Big Bang was on like all the time. And he, I guarantee that night, if you go downstairs and I put the cable box on, I'll be able to find an episode of Big Bang being shown somewhere. It seems to be everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and Friends disappeared because it, it was used to sell uh, a streaming service, and I can't remember which one it is. Uh, so that's why you don't see Friends on on regular kind of uh, syndication repeating all the time. Now, uh, I'm sure Big Bang Theory will be picked up by another uh, uh, streaming service soon, or if it hasn't already. Uh, but the quicker that's off, that permanent repeat, uh, the better for me. Yeah, the only plus point is you get to look at that Kaylee last, don't you? <laughs> you know, I mean, she's she's lovely until she cuts her hair. When she cuts her hair, I don't know what it is. It's just like she looks completely different to me. I'm not interested anymore. I mean, yeah. she doesn't save the show for me. No. Uh, okay. Um, our good buddy Conrad, who has a new Twitter handle at octopushold underscore. And an awesome oh. little new logo. Um, apparently, it was a young family member who mentioned he had a big head like an octopus. So that was he decided <laughs> to use that. He decided to use that as his new branding for his website and everything. And it's a really cool looking logo. And I'm glad it's nice that yeah. we know it's got like a little meaning behind it as well. I reckon that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, he says the IT crowd is the best sitcom without a shadow of a doubt. He cries with laughter on so many occasions. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's like so it. brilliant. I've, I, we've got uh, every single episode of it uh, on box set. We've also got it on Netflix, and we've also got it on four on demand. And I would happily uh, put it on an absolute binge. That show, it's it's just full of quotable stuff, stuff that we as a family still use um, in in day to day life. It's just brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I enjoy it as well. It does make me laugh. Um, he says that the one he dislikes is Friends. He says it's so so boring in his opinion. Um, he watched the first episode and a bit of the second, was so bored he didn't bother to carry on. Now, to me, I mean, Comrade's a bit younger than us. I was a big Friends fan. Um, okay. My sister was a big Friends fan. And it, you know, it was that thing of, for me and quite a few people I knew, Friends was a good show. We enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was about obviously every, majority of people have seen it. They know what it's about, and it was a similar sort of scenario to to me and the gang of people I was hanging around with. Rather than we go to the pub and the coffee house, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I really like it, and yeah, okay, it got went on a bit long and got a bit silly in places and all that. But I think there was a lot of good comedy to be found there. Um, and comrade, if you only watch the first episode and a bit of the second, I'd I'd recommend watching a few more maybe from a later series, just to dip your toe in and just sort of give it a go, because I reckon it's not bad, Max. Yeah, it's a, a program that I wouldn't actively search out, but I also, if it if it was on in the background, I wouldn't be particularly bothered about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a massive... I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it at all, but it doesn't offend me like it does a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, again, my, my sister as well, she's she's mad on Friends. She loves it. She's going mm-hmm. off to that Friends Fest thing that, where they have, like, uh, that, the stage set set up and all that. That's a bit sad. Nah, you know, whatever you're into, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She, she loves it. No, no kink shaming on this show. If you've no. got a thing for for Ross, that is, that's one of the cows, isn't it, Ross? Yeah. Uh, you, you have your thing for Ross. Ah, uh, see, I was more of a Rachel fan myself, mate. Shock horror. 
you know, <laughs> uh, season four of Friends. That's peak Rachel. Just in case anyone wanted my opinion, nobody really did, but I'm gonna give is, it anyway. Is that when? <laughs> is that when you got the the Rachel hairdo? Uh, I think that was slightly earlier. I'd just grown out by that point. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and check it out. <laughs> um, Ricky and Clive. Yeah, and Clive wrestling show. In fact, um, in fact, I know that uh, at least Clive will be listening. I am disappointed with these two because uh, they've uh, took a hiatus uh, from creating content. Um, where am I going to get my Scottish fix of podcasting now? Um, but in all seriousness, guys, um, I, I hope you uh, you get the passion back very soon, and I hope uh, your schedules all line up and and you you get the the urge to come back because you're gonna we're gonna miss you in the podcasting uh, community. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. I've listened to I wouldn't say I listened to every single episode, but I've listened to quite a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to all the ones you've been on, Mags, and then it sort of follows on into the next episodes. And I listen to those as well. Um, I enjoy the show, and I was obviously on the show a while back with you, getting my ass handed to me in a quiz. Um, which actually, Born my wife pointed out. Yeah, my wife pointed that out. She was like, "Well, I said, oh Ricky and Claude look like they might be stopping from podcasting." And my wife said, "Isn't that another show you've been on that's stopping?" <laughs> the show killer. And it's I was all like, "You." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "Well, Magsy had two shows. You went on them, and now they're not going." <laughs> and then she went, and then there was that one that other guy did where you looked at such and such and she meant um uh i, I did like a, a review of SummerSlam 93 for the wrestling through life show and that was going through its first incarnation a while back oh yeah yeah um, and that sort of stopped and then there was something else as well that i did and that stopped and now there's this one i was thinking shit am i a jinx <laughs> may well be yeah uh, my wife wants out, not me, which is lovely. It's nice to know that she's actually like keeping tabs, I suppose. And also the support that she knows that you would kill off these podcasts. Yeah. I am available if anyone wants to uh, reach out. <laughs> um, they, Ricky and Clive suggest, uh, Clive, sorry, because it's got the little C, suggests uh, Frasier. I enjoyed Frasier back in the day. That was all right. And yeah. Father Ted. Uh, uh, Father Ted's one that I never really watched at the time. But you get late night reruns of it now on Channel Four or E Four or whatever, and I don't put it on through choice. But when it comes on, I laugh my head off, mate. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd go as far as to say I'd laugh my head off, but there is some funny points. I, I like the, uh, the 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 brew making woman. What's I can't even remember her name. Oh yeah. Uh, who's always like saying, "Oh, will you have a drink? Will you have a drink? Will you have a drink?" Uh, I like What's the idiot. The one, the one. Now then. <laughs> And what do you say to a cup? Fake off, cup! <laughs> he loves his cup of tea. Fake off! There you go. Fake off! Yeah, I like the idiot. Especially the episode where he's, he's teaching him that cow, these are little cows and these cows are far away but they're big <laughs> cows, and he's and he's just not working. And then obviously, uh, is it Father Frank who's the absolute pisshead? Yeah, um, typical Scotch. 
<laughs> um, at Millwall, Chris, uh, Blackadder at Series 2. Oh, yeah, we mentioned that earlier on, didn't we? Oh, series 2, it kind of finds his feet properly, and we see the change in the Blackadder character, which I think makes the show. Yeah. Um, Blackadder Series 2 onwards, he says. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, Only Fools and Horses. I absolutely adore Only Fools and Horses. I think that would be my favourite. Mm, interesting. I don't think it'd be my favourite. Um, I mean, that's not saying it's not a good show. I think uh, a lot of it was uh, very much a kind of like a snapshot of the time that we're in, they were in, and there's some stuff in it that maybe wouldn't fly as much now. Uh, but there is some absolute comedy gold in those those episodes. The episode where um, they pretend that. Um, Rodney's a kid uh, in a drawing oh. competition so they can scam a holiday. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the one where he, uh, they get a lot of self-inflating blow-up dolls. Uh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's de- it will definitely get a laugh. Uh, it's just that some stuff is a little bit close to the bone. Uh, has it been like shown in other countries? You think it would? As successful it was here, it would have gone to other countries, wouldn't it? You would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Any listeners out there, not from the UK, America, or anywhere else who happen to listen to us, uh, just reach out to the show, at chain underscore wrestling. Let me know if you've seen Only Fools and Horses and what you think of it and the, and the humour that goes along. Because it is very much an English or British kind of thing, Mags, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. And like you said, of the time in Britain. So I'm really interested to hear what people thought about that. Um, also, he, uh, Chris has said, going back a little bit, he liked Home to Roost. Not sure if that counts, though, he says here in brackets. Home to, now, I, I remember the name, so I'm going to Google search it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I do remember that show. Um, had John Thorne, um, the guy who played... Um, oh, what was the... the, the Morse. Morse, that was it. Yeah, uh, would you call that a, a sitcom? I don't know if I'd call that a sitcom. Uh, I but, don't know. I've never seen it. I remember it vaguely. It's not one that I can I could say I could tell you the storyline, but I do remember it. Yeah. Okay. Um at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, uh Danny. He says the best for him was another shout out for Fraser here. Again, I really enjoyed Fraser. It's kind of I like Cheers as well, but it's kind of a, it's sort of dry at times. I thought Fraser were better than Cheers. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, it was, but it was all. It was very kind of like uh, there was nothing that that pushed the boat out in terms of all all that was risky. It was just classically funny stuff. Uh, the the uh, situation with him and his brother was his brother called Niles. That's uh, it, yeah, yeah. I, I I always enjoyed Fraser. Yeah, it was good. Uh, King of the Hill. Yeah, not one I really got into. Uh, the odd episode I catch, I thought was. It was all right, especially when they they were all stood outside the the fence getting pissed up. Uh, and then, oh, is it that cartoon one? Yeah, and then the idiot son. Right. Yeah. Okay. I've seen a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. It does make me laugh. The ones I've seen, but it's been a long time since I've seen any of it. Um, oh, this is a great shape. Um, I think it's very recently the anniversary of Rick Mail's death as well. Maybe this week. Um, bottom. You've been drinking, haven't you? me of drinking innings. Me, your oldest pal and matey, old Skip, 
old bus for tram ticket, one for the road, bugger scratching. <laughs> we'll keep a welcome in the big parking, Mr. David Childish Jensen. Me? Drinking in an inch? <laughs> Why, I'll tear you limb from limb. <laughs> No, but you have, though, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Bottom. Oh, that is a fantastic show. It's it's something that I don't think a lot of Americans would get, uh, but it was fantastically funny. Um, the the one where <laughs> they sing in Do Your Balls, Anglo, brilliant episode. <laughs> uh, I like the one where they, um, uh, they're in the pub and they get a, they get tricked into placing bets on a horse mm-hmm. that um, is, is called Sad Ken. <laughs> and he's, he's like only got three legs and gets shot partway through the race and stuff like that. That just tickles me all the time. Yeah, Ed Edmondson and Rick Mail are underrated in, in mm. terms of being uh, classed as, as, as funny. Just so, so good and worked so well together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, Danny goes on to say the worst, the American version of the Inbetweeners. Absolutely vile. Can't get through a single episode without vomiting blood. Whoever greenlit the idea of doing a USA Inbetweeners needs shooting. And I will 100% get on board with this. And I forgot the Inbetweeners USA version even existed until Danny tweeted me that. And I, I, I remember it now. And I can remember a couple of the actors that were in it. They got on the other things, but my God, was it bad. Yeah, I I had never even seen it. I, I'd heard of it being uh, being like uh, made into an American version, and I'd never seen it until uh, a video popped up on my YouTube like um, um, timeline. So I watched the video, and it, it was this guy who was uh, comparing basically episode for episode because it, it's it's literally scene for scene ripped off from the English uh, version, mm. but they've stripped all the comedy away. It's it's yeah. not funny at all. The characters are one dimensional. The the com- uh, British comedy just doesn't seem to translate at all. Because I remember they tried doing uh, a similar thing with RT Crowd, and I think they only got the pilot episode recorded. Uh, and they even brought uh, Richard Ayoade uh, over to play Mouse, and it just it just was like a farting church. It was just not funny at all. Um, so they did the right thing and and squash that straight away but the in-between is there yeah it was oh it's so it's just it's cringingly unfunny yeah it is absolutely shockingly awful um the in-betweeners the english version i love that that's like one of my that's one of the shows i can watch again and again and again and still yeah. find it funny it reminds me so much of being at school and being that age and the stuff you go through i just think it's absolutely superb yeah it absolutely is yeah um that 90s wrestling podcast at 90s wrestling pod on twitter uh another shout out for only fools and horses again great great choice and yeah. another thumbs down for the american inbetweeners i'll yeah, go along with both of those <laughs> yeah. so so bad yeah, i can't yeah. can't disagree um mill chris actually here has another message for us this is his he's given us his best podcast he's given us some here that cover the worst of what he thought were podcast, uh, sorry, podcasts, um, sitcoms, 
the upper hand the british version of an american show called who's the boss now the upper hand was it had honor blackman in who was pussy galore and james bond wasn't she yep and it had the guy who recently played Tony's dad in Hollyoaks. Um, he did. Um, and I was for the longest time trying to remember what this show was um, because uh, me and the wife, we watch EastEnders uh, and um, Danny Dyer's character, his, his wife was played is played by Kelly Bright, who was the, the, the girl in this show. And, oh, okay. And I was forever telling uh, the missus saying, I've... I've seen the show that she's been in, uh, and I, I could not for the laugh in me uh, remember what the show was called. And I found out a couple of months ago, and it's uh, just a, a sheer coincidence that uh, that uh, Millwall Chris mentioned exactly the same same show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was inoffensive. The show was it was not particularly funny. Um, but it was inoffensive. It's something that um, I remember. Um, uh, my parents watching so um not not one I, I remember with huge fondness no that's the thing i remember my parents watching it as well um and sort of watching bits of it myself i guess because of that because you know back in the days we only had one telly and there's only three or four stations or whatever mm-hmm. um i remember it being fairly funny or maybe i remember my parents thinking it was very funny yeah. But then they re-showed it on UK Gold a while back, and it, it wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sat there stone-faced. Yeah, just staring blankly at the screen like my parents. <laughs> my memories of my parents are lying to me. Um, Mill Chris also says, Mrs. Brown's boys should be banned. Now, this is quite an interesting one for me, because we got so many people online who slag off Mrs. Brown's boys. But then there's so many other people who seem to think it's hysterical and they've done like a live show of it and all sorts, haven't they? So what are your thoughts, Mags? Okay, so I get the hate for Mrs. Brown's boys because he, uh, the guy who created it, Brendan O'Carroll, he's absolutely milked this to, uh, to within an inch of its life. But um, when I, um, I found out the backstory of, of how Mrs. Brown's boys came about, I actually have to, I, I have a lot of respect for the guy, um, because he was, he was literally on the bones of his ass. Uh, he, okay. he was really struggling to the point where he was, he was locking himself away in, in, in a dark room, uh, contemplating ending it all because he just, uh, he was his debts were mounting up. Uh, he couldn't see a way out of it, uh, and the only thing know. that the only thing that he had going for him was the fact that uh, he had he had this idea of a show. Uh, so he gathered a, a lot, all his family and his friends, and 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 basically they they all chipped together to to try and make this this thing work. Uh, and luckily for him, it did. And in, in Ireland, it was massive, uh, went touring, uh, was on TV uh, and, and on DVD there for years before it even got to the UK. Um, and then obviously he got the BBC deal and everything's come up rose for him and he, he's done really well out of it. His family's done really well out of it. So whilst I don't particularly enjoy uh, the comedy, it's very kind of like uh, basic, almost throwing back to like comedy shows of the 80s, I have a I have that respect that he grafted and grafted to pull himself out of a deep hole um, to to get to where he is. So um, whilst I, I would turn the show off if it was on TV, uh, I don't hate it as much as as a lot of people seem to hate it. No, oh, okay, fair enough. 
Um, we have at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, and they also say Mrs. Brown's boys is not good. <laughs> After that description from yourself there, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I totally understand if people don't don't like the show because it is the the it's low hanging fruit in terms of comedy. Very cheap, very repetitive. It's a essentially a bloke in a dress playing for laughs. But knowing the backstory, that that's why um, I, I give it a pass. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and. The good bad wrestle. I think this is Graham here. Says Seinfeld. Despite horrible scheduling in the UK, it didn't stop me from loving this show. Um, I never got it. Never got it. I don't think I've, or maybe I've seen one or two episodes. I don't really remember anything about it. Yeah, I've I, I've seen a few episodes, and I just never got why it was why it still is so massive. Why it still is so popular. Just it was just observational comedy. Just. Mm. It was. I just didn't get it. Um, props to you if you you enjoy it out there. You uh, keep enjoying your soundfell. Just I'm not on that bandwagon, unfortunately. No, I never. Like, I can't remember anything about it at all. So I know I've seen some of it. So it can't have been that groundbreaking or important, I guess. You know. Um, Handy T one TF on Twitter. Uh, good friend of mine. Hi, Andy. Says here. His favourite US sitcom is Big Bang Theory because it's funny, oh. smart, and intelligent. Um, his favourite British sitcom is Coupling for all the same reasons. I've seen Coupling, but it's one of those, again, where it was quite a while back, and I'm talking years and years, that I've seen Coupling. And I remember laughing at it, but I can't remember much else, you know? So I don't remember Coupling at all. Um, uh, now looking at the the... The image on on uh, Google, yeah, it's not something I ever remember. I don't remember any of the faces, so yeah, it's uh, you're on your own with that one. Uh, I probably won't check it out, but I hope I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy it. G H <laughs> um, at Carry the Gary on Twitter. He loved Seinfeld, Frasier, Cheers, Taxi. Oh, Taxi, that's going back a bit, isn't it? Yeah. That's, um, uh, a, a throwback. I do yeah. like a. I like a Andy Kaufman. Um, I think he was so intelligent as a comedian. So kind of like pushing the boat. I, I like comedians that that uh, try and break out of the the norm. Uh, and I think he was uh, superb at that. Mm, yeah, um, Red Dwarf. Yeah, a, a show that I can like and dislike almost like it's hit and miss with me uh but that's another one that's that's got this mad kind of uh cult following yeah um i i, I enjoyed episodes of it it's not something that i would go out actively and, and search for though no no that's it uh another shout out for bottom another shout out for friends uh spin city i don't know that one magsy what's that okay so if i remember rally that's the michael j fox show oh um, yeah uh, is that the one he was filming when he was filming Back to the Future? Oh no, it were no, that was after Back to the Future. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the the Michael J. Fox kind of uh, vehicle, I suppose. Okay, uh, Scrubs. I did enjoy Scrubs when it was on. I mean, I watched an episode back recently. They're, they're re-showing it, mm-hmm. and it's it hasn't aged particularly well, but. Scrubs at the time I quite enjoyed. I mean, Doctor Cox, I think, is a fantastic character. 
Yeah, not not a program that I've I've can say I've ever watched an episode of, so I can't really uh, comment on that. And he's desperate for this. He's a, a like a trainee doctor, and he's also mm-hmm. part and parcel of the storyline is that he's desperate for his, I suppose, senior doctor's approval. Um, and every episode he calls him yeah. a different. He, he calls the senior doctor, Doctor Cox, calls him a different girl's name. Um, <laughs> and they made like. 10 series of this so it's absolutely superb it, th- that bit alone tickles me sandy isn't necessarily a girl's it's name short for sandra angie mary rhoda fabs fiona vivian martha nancy drew sabrina Brittany, pink shakira beyonce Brittany. ask betty why he's such a girly girl betty yeah betty 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 you hide from him all day and then call him ginger no it's monday which of course means it's ethnic day so i'll be going with rosalita gladys ginger tiffany no cheryl betty betty mm, that's new Got another shite for Only Fools and Horses. Again, absolutely fantastic. Yep. Loved it. Uh, porridge. I'm assuming we mean the original Porridge and not the remake because the remake was Oh, the dogged. remake. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, it was but, rough, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I like the original Porridge. Gobba, what a character. Um, yeah. he, he died very, very young uh, as well. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, he did. Yeah, I really enjoyed that show. Norman Stanley Fletcher, you have pleaded guilty to the charges brought by this court, and it is now my duty to pass sentence. You are an habitual criminal who accepts arrest as an occupational hazard and presumably accepts imprisonment in the same casual manner. We therefore feel constrained to commit you to the maximum term allowed for these offences. You will go to prison for five years. Um, And... Gary says he hated any ITV comedy. What a, what a broad, broad stroke there, isn't it? It's, that's massive. Any, any comedy that needs a, a three-minute break in between the, the show, yeah, that's not for Gary. Yeah. So, I mean, what happens with something that's changed channels? I mean, you look at, I don't know, was it Men Behaving Badly? Started on ITV? Did he hate that? And then when it went to the BBC, it was okay? Did, it, did that start on our TV? I, I did not so. know that. I might be completely making that up. I, I, I'm going to check because you're not trustworthy. I am trustworthy. I just remember <laughs> thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Enfield was in the first series. If it were, I mean, yeah, it says the first two series were on our TV. You're absolutely right. And then from series three onwards, it was on the BBC. I did not know that. Um, great, great knowledge there, Simon. I don't know why little things like that stick in my head and then I can't remember my own pin number. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? But Harry Enfield was in the first series as well. Do you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So much better when Neil Morrissey came in, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he, him and uh, uh, Martin Clunes had great chemistry. Yeah, Dawn French as well. Was, not Dawn French. What's her name? Carolyn Quentin. Yeah. She's funny in it as well. Gosh, she, she's a bloody good show, isn't it? She's uh, really, really good in um, Jonathan Creek. Oh, I love Jonathan Creek. That's yeah. great. It's so so good. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. On good TV shows, I like those. Um, and to finish off, we have our good buddy Steve-O, Total Steve-O on Twitter. How are you doing, Steve? Um, We're clearly becoming one of my favourite people on Twitter. This guy is is just a legend in these streets. Yeah, he, he tweeted earlier on, literally about ten minutes before I was going to put the match on today to watch sort of in advance of the show and um steve tweeted oh, i don't know if i'll bother watching it this week lad sorry because it's an ironman match i'm not a fan 
And I was like, put it on, man. You can follow along what we're talking about then, can't you? And he sent a picture of him actually watching it at the same time I was, which was quite weird. But it's quite cool as well, because we are both legend. watching the same match at the same time. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah, definitely. Um, he says, and there's a bit of a list here, Magsy, so bear with me. Uh, the Office. Okay. The UK the... Office. Uh, well, it just says The Office, but this is in with a lot of other UK shows, so I'm assuming he means the UK version. I yeah, like because, both. Because he does mention in worst, The Office. <laughs> so it uh, says uh, from America. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like the UK Office. I never uh, got into the American Office. It was just... I think, for me, it didn't translate. I can understand why people enjoy, enjoy the American one, but no, once you've seen the Ricky Gervais original, it's a poor imitation for me. See, the, the, the UK office, I love. Absolutely fantastic. And especially the end of it. Uh, spoiler alert, people, if you don't want to hear how it ends, just you know, skip on a minute or two or whatever. But at the same time, it's been out for fucking years, so tough shit, really. <laughs> um, when, is it Tim and... Dawn, Dawn. Yeah. get together at the end of the disco. Um, yeah. That's oh, that's just lovely, isn't it? What a great moment of television that is. Yep, and and David finally grows some uh, balls and tells Chris Finch to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great show. Yeah. Um, the US version, I think the early seasons are all right, but it's almost like they're trying to be a little bit like the uk version yeah the late the later seasons when it seems more like they're their own show mm-hmm. that makes me laugh that genuinely makes me laugh because it's not like dwight the sort of weird geeky one in america he's not trying to be gareth anymore he's now being slap so, yeah and that is that is excellent i really enjoy that yeah so um, when it gets its own like kind of identity almost yeah, yeah, the later shows, I, I enjoy that. That's that's quite good. And Michael Scott, the main guy, he's he's. Just, I think the guy's just a brilliant comedy character. He just makes me laugh because he's just such a knobhead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steve-O goes on with Extras. That was another Ricky Gervais show, wasn't it? Extras, that was yeah. quite good. Yeah, uh, I enjoy a lot of the Ricky Gervais stuff because it doesn't outstay its welcome. Mm. Uh, he only he only tends to do maybe two three series of it and then moves on to another project. So he doesn't like milk it for for everything, uh, and it keeps it fresh. Uh, he did one recently called After Laugh, which is a um, a show where in in the show his wife dies of cancer, uh, and he's like kind of worried about his own mortality and whether uh, he should um, carry on. Um, and he's essentially rescued by a dog. Uh, and a and a prostitute that he uh, befriends. Oh, okay. I've not seen that. Is it good? Is it? Yeah, it's really really good. I think it's a Netflix um, exclusive, but it is really really good. Uh, okay, I'll give that a try. Um, Faulty Towers. Steve-O says I love Faulty Towers. Yeah, qu- classic classic comedy. Yeah, the old school kind of British. Oh, I love it. Yeah, um, incredibly xenophobic, uh, but. Uh, definitely a snapshot of the time, but yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, speaking of stuff like that, like being xenophobic and you know, obviously he's quite offensive to the Germans and all that sort of stuff, right? I nearly made an absolute dropped a huge clangor this week, Max. <laughs> um, 
And uh, please, if anyone's listening, don't take offence to what I'm about to say. It was all innocence. It was meant in all, uh, you know, no offence was meant. It was meant completely innocent. And when it was pointed out to me, I realised how much of a moron I'd been. Um, there was a bit of a discussion on Twitter this week, wasn't there, about biscuits, stroke cakes, and what you like, what you don't like, and so on. Yes, I, I got personally attacked. And rightfully so, my friend, and rightfully so. Um, I it's The way my mind works is I see anything or, or hear certain things things kind of snowball in my head and I try and ideas just sort of pop up and I try and think I can I use that to try and do something on the show and make some some hopefully try and make somebody laugh out of this situation and I, I came up with this idea of maybe doing um something between you and me um I didn't get to any details or anything like that but I, I kind of just came up with some sort of battle kind of thing where obviously I, I very much love Jaffa cakes and you hate them and you were saying that you like Oreos, and I wasn't a massive fan of Oreos. So I was going to sort of try and think maybe we could do something, and I was going to message you over a couple of ideas of we could do something where you represent Oreos, I represent Jaffa Cakes. And I, and I was going to say... Represent as if... Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> as if Oreo and, and McVitie's would look at us and go, they're our target market. They're the people we want on our on TV screens promoting our products. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, so why not? I, I sort of said to the missus, I sort of ran the idea past her to see if she sort of... Sometimes she doesn't even say anything, but just talking it through, something pops in my head. And I said, I'm thinking maybe you know, Magsy could be referred to as like Team Oreo. And then I could be maybe, and I said, Team Jaffa. Oh! And my wife just looked at me, and I was Ooh. like, what? "I was like, what? I just didn't even twig because I'm thinking Jaffa cakes." Yeah. You know. And then the penny dropped, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, mean, I probably shouldn't even be telling this now. I don't think. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but it's meant to all innocent. And I was like, "Oh my!" And my wife was like, "Why don't you ever just think before you speak?" <laughs> And I, I, didn't even wow. think, I didn't even think about how how that sounded. I'm thinking of Jaffa cake. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the lovely orangey snack, you know. So yeah, that idea quickly got put in the bin, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All because you didn't want to be Team Jaffa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. you could have been Team Cake. Team well, Cake then... is that is that a dig at my size, Max? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Jaffa Cake, but then it it. That adds a little bit more ambiguity, so um, yeah. yeah, maybe that that is an idea for the bin. Yeah, it, it didn't advance beyond my wife's horrified look. At me. <laughs> yeah, she she's definitely uh, the the measuring stick. If she goes no, Simon, that's that's horrific. Bin that idea. Saying, can you not hear what you're saying? I'm like, I, I don't. I just couldn't. I didn't get it. You know. Again, apologies if that offends anybody, but it was wasn't meant that way. I'm just displaying how daft and dopey I can be sometimes. Um, <laughs> Steve-O carries on with the Inbetweeners, the UK version. Again, we've mentioned that. Fantastic, fantastic show. And he says he's ruined his life me- with these, meaning he can't go a day without quoting at least quoting one at least 50 times a day. It's entrenched in his vocabulary now. Yeah, um, correct. Same with me. With, yeah. with- with RT Crowd, with Peep Shaw, with In Between Us, I, I quote them on the regular. I mean, whenever like someone says uh, like, "Oh, I'm going going to the pub with my mates," and I'll be like, "Thumbs up, going, oh friends." Oh, we do that friends. all the time, me and my wife. 
Don't forget the thumbs up. Oh, friend. Oh, new friend. Friend. Oh, friend. Please be my friend. Oh, friend. Oh, friend. Fuck you lot. Where's the beer? Uh, and um, if um, there's a scene in um, in the Ate crowd where um, Moz is trapped in a, in a crane machine because he's trying to get an half on. Uh, and then in the rolling credits, there's a there's a bit where he's like, "Hello, hello, I'm still here. These toys will smell of we come the morn." Stuff like that. I am just forever <laughs> quoted because it's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, the friend one is is what we do a lot. Bus wanker as well. Yeah, bus wanker. Yep. Hang on, slow down a minute, sorry. Bus wankers. <laughs> Oh, so many great lines. Um, Steve O'Carazon with Peep Show, which we discussed earlier on. He says it's superb apart from the final series. Um, I enjoyed all of it, to be fair. But yeah, Peep yeah. Show, he says here. I um, could happily put on any episode from any series and, and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Life's Too Short. I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, so that is um, Warwick Davis. Uh, the, the the small guy who oh, I think... See, no, was, I, probably wouldn't, I don't like him. You don't, you don't like Warwick Davis? Is he the little dude who does Tenable? Yeah. No, I don't like him. Why? I don't I, know. I, I, okay. I don't know. I just, you know, sometimes you just look at someone and you just go, oh, mate, you know? No, I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And I just, oh, my wife's like, my wife says the same thing. She's like, why don't you like him? I was like, I don't know. It just annoys me. Yeah, well, that that's your another Ricky Gervais kind of like um, uh, production. I think that only went for a, a couple of series. Uh, nothing about it was really that memorable. It's just more about um, about Warwick Davis. Yeah, okay. Um, unknown lookalikes. One of the best parodies of a parody of a parody. He says here. Yeah. Never ever heard of that. Never mm-hmm. heard of it. Um. Max and Paddy's Road to Nowhere and Phoenix Nights. Yes, all day. Again, kind of like uh, Peep Show and RT Crowd, so quotable. Uh, I've actually got a T-shirt that uh, says the next big thing, uh, and it has pictures of Magnet and Steel on it. Uh, my Twitter name came from being originally being called Magnet and Steel after Frank Magnet and Tony Steel, the, the cartoon characters that, uh, that Max drew in his school book. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Steve-O says, worst sitcoms, cannot stand any crap from America. And it's more of the same, I guess. A lot of people were sort of having similar thoughts. Um, the American Office, uh, over-the-top loud nonsense, he says. The Office, Big Bang Theory. And then he goes on to say, this country he doesn't like. Now, I thought that was quite funny. And that's like the I, film I, just I, down the road from me. Really, um, yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the smartest comedies that's come out in the in the last few years. I really enjoy that. And those two, those two, uh, uh, is it Charlie and Daisy Cooper? I think they're called. Uh, so so clever. Really, I I enjoyed that. Yeah, and it's it's film. Oh, where are they? Where are they, where is it set? Is it Chippenham? Uh, Kearney Wick, something like that. Yeah, I don't think that's an actual place. That uh, Siren Sester. Siren Sester, that's it, yeah. So, so it's, it's really close to where I am in Gloucester. And I'll tell you now, you, you, you go out of the city centre of Gloucester and you have places like the Forest of Dean, Siren Sester, uh, and, and areas like that. And it is exactly like that in the show. Well, the it people is. are like that as well. 
yeah exactly <laughs> like it mate honestly it's it's odd you know it's odd areas if you have any listeners in sirencester i do apologize you, you know are. um yeah i don't know how many times i've insulted you know maybe you can count i don't know six times on one hand I, I, anyway um <laughs> <laughs> oh you're gonna be as rude as you like with me uh people just do nothing um didn't grab him at all yeah and said, i agree with that it's something yeah. that I understand why people found it funny, but it's just, it wasn't for me. No, I didn't get it either. And Alan Partridge, he appreciates why people love it. It's just not for him. Yep, same. Um, okay, see, I like Alan Partridge. Got some cheese? No, thank you. It's quite nice. Mm, it smells. Do you, to, do you want to smell it? No, thank you. Smell the cheese. No, I don't want to smell it. Smell my cheese. Alan, please. Smell my cheese, oh. mother. I don't I don't dislike Alan Partridge. It just doesn't appeal to me. Um I prefer Steve Coogan in a, a show he did with Rob Braden uh, called The Trip, uh where they they went visiting like lots of different restaurants in in Europe. I thought I thought that had a very nice subtle comedy to it, but yeah, Alan Partridge just it never grabbed me. See, I I watched Alan Partridge first time and just and same as you, I didn't get it. There are moments that were funny, like when he's trying to watch, he's got a day planned where he's going to watch all the Bond films, and then people keep turning up and interrupting him, and then they want to watch the Bond films with him, and there's just a moment where he just loses his rag with them, because they want to put him on in the wrong order, and he starts telling them off and shouting, no, you're doing yeah. Bond wrong, and all this sort of stuff. That is funny. But the rest of it, I didn't get. And then he was in something else, as Alan Partridge, so I went back and revisited it, and the second time around, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. And and there's another one where he does mid morning matters, where he's is is basically like if you know when you know when you 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 do radio techers mags and you basically got yourself on the screen with a microphone. Mm-hmm. That's the show. It's almost like he's doing a podcast, but it's it's a camera on him recording a mid morning radio show okay. that no that nobody listens to. So like um, Andy Peters and Ed the Duck in the broom cupboard. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, exactly. But it's a radio show, um, and I think he does it through the night sometimes. And I'd have to go back, but that is funny. That is really funny because he's just got these sort of ideas of being much bigger and, and more important than he actually is. Um, yeah, because is it based around Norwich or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Norwich yeah, yeah. Um, and the most recent series he's done is. Oh, the name of it escapes me, but it's literally just finished showing on BBC Night. And it's kind of a parody of The One Show. Okay. Which for people who, who aren't in the UK or people in the UK as well who haven't seen The One Show, The One Show is very much like a, a magazine show that comes on early evening um, and just goes through different stuff that's happened in the day. And, and, and this like the kind of presenter has sat on the sofa, quite lighthearted, just sort of fill a bit of time entertainment, I guess. And he gets the job on this programme that is a parody of the one show and the whole show is shot kind of straight kind of as it should be but he's alan partridge and he just screws everything up is it this time that's it this time that is very good that's very funny um that's worth a watch but again each to their own isn't it i suppose it's you know some people like different things so yeah i find alan partridge all right so yeah there is one alan partridge thing that i, I did enjoy uh i don't remember watching watching it in a long long time but uh knowing me knowing you did he do yeah. like a almost like a mrs merton kind of like interview show 
See, I saw it almost as Wogan. Yeah, yeah. Or Parkinson. Yeah, exactly. That sort of, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one. That's good as well. I like it. I reckon it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxi, is there any missing off that list that you want to mention, my friend? Um, no, I think we've mentioned Peepshaw, uh, RT Crowd, um, and Max and Paddy got, got some love. Uh, Phoenix Knight's got some love. I like um, um, Peter Kay's other show. Um, what, what was it? The one where he's in a car. and It works at Tesco. Oh, and they share the car. Yeah, car share. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Is that what it's called? That's actually what it's called. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that that was a, a really good show. Um, yeah, I'm 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 drawing a blank now because we've had so many good ones mentioned. Um, uh, I'm glad Porridge got a lot of love because that that's a, a classic that I can I can watch over and over. Uh, and I'm glad nobody brought up Dad's Army because I I would hate to offend people by saying I didn't find that particularly funny. Dad's Army, I got good memories of because I remember watching it with my dad. I remember watching it with my old man, and he finding it funny. Um, Matt, was, Matt Willis loves it, absolutely loves it, and I understand why he loves it. It's just, it just wasn't for me. The thing is, when I watch old programs now, I, I'm basically, I think I'm turning into my dad. You know, when when I was younger, I remember it being really annoying because he'd have a film on. Um, I don't know, he was he's massive, massive John Wayne fan. My my old man. Um, actually, it's, it's his birthday. As we're recording, it's his birthday tomorrow. So, happy birthday, oh, Dad! That's fun, fun enough. Birthday. And it's my mum's birthday today. So, happy birthday, Mum! Oh, happy um, birthday to to your parents. Yeah. Um. So, my dad used to have this horrible habit of when we're watching an old film like Green Berets or whatever, any old John Wayne film, he'd just sit there going, "He's dead. He's dead. She's dead. He's dead." I don't know about them though. Are they dead? Uh, I don't know. She's dead all the way through the film and then it would carry on for every film that we watched now i used to find that really annoying now i watch a program like say dad's army i'm on my phone looking at the cast going, how many people how many of these are still alive how many of these got wow you know what i mean and, and that's I, I catch myself doing it and again my wife is is always the voice of reason shout out to sharon my, my, my good lady here she, she's always the voice of reason um and she's like you're turning into your dad stop it <laughs> you know? stop it brilliant she, she just points out stuff that i'm doing all the time yeah that needs stop it. I, I was I got something else as well a little quirk i've got i put leftover food in the microwave to have the following morning and she said like, well, why don't you put it in the fridge or why don't you put it you know i don't wrap it up or anything and i said well it's safe in the microwave and it's not that i think it's airtight but i know it's going to be okay in there and be all right to eat the following day even if it's meat or takeaway or anything like that so what if other people want to use that macro. Well, That's selfish. Selfish of you. a bit, I suppose. But my wife finds that my <laughs> wife finds that weird that I she in her head she thinks that I've got this this feeling that the microwave will keep my food fresh indefinitely. Just by <laughs> it in there. Right. And I realised the other week that's something my dad does as well. So that's where I've got that from. <laughs> wow. I mean, it happens in this house. Uh, people put. Uh, something in the, in the macro and, and then leave it and it's it's that's a bugbear for me that'd be like why didn't you cling film it why didn't you put it into a, a a plastic tub why didn't you put it in the fridge now i have to move your food to microwave something that i want and then i have to put your food back in the microwave that's adding two extra steps to something that 
that was no fault of my own, that's that would annoy me. I do sound like my wife. The only one that pops in my head, Magsy, that uh, that wasn't given a mention is one that I actually despise. Actually, no, there's one that I love. Hello, hello. That didn't seem to get a shout. Uh, hello, hello. I really again classic old British comedy. That, that that's brilliant. Um, the the police officer who thinks he's talking French, Good but moaning. Ah, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, he's going down the alleyway uh, or piss pissing down the alleyway, isn't he? When yeah. he means passing down the alleyway. Oh, that is just gold. He has drawn pictures of the cisbocks. <laughs> the cisbocks? Yes, you are the cisbocks. Suspects! Is there not a language school to which you can send this man? What part of France do you come from? I am half Etulian. <laughs> Etulian? Italian. I think he means Italian. I was brought up in nipples. <laughs> nipples? Yes. You know the old suey? See nipples and do. <laughs> hello, hello. Secret agent Crabtree Cooling. Connect me to Wombledon, one socks, one socks. <laughs> Receiving you, lute and claw. <laughs> Hold the loon, I will connect you. My God, there is another one at the other end. <laughs> I am very sorry, Officer Crabtree, but we are closed. In that case, I am licky to have caught you. <laughs> it's not licky for me. <laughs> I have a massage for you. <laughs> Michelle is in the town square. She has a new scoop apparatus for the British Earmen. I'm going to tell her to stay in the square. When I give her the secret signal, she will appear like a phantom out of the newt. They are here. I was supposed to drop that money last night. I wetted all night in the woods. <laughs> flashing my titch. <laughs> why did they not come? The bummers pissed over him. <laughs> but the clods were very loo. And it was a bit figgy. Hang it up. Whole hockler. Um, and one that I absolutely hate was keeping up appearances with that woman who thought she was posh. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think I'd, I'd say I'd hate it. Uh, it was very inoffensive. I do like um, uh, the guy, the scruffy guy in it. Uh, what's he called? Granville. Is it Granville? I don't know. Granville was a uh, no, flowers, wasn't he? Yeah, it's not, it's not him then. Uh, but basically she thought she was posh, but when she goes back to her, her sister's house, uh, she's a bit of a, a, of a of a scruff, and she's got a husband who's a scruff as well. Yeah. Um, what's he called? He's he's also in the royal family, which is I'm surprised didn't get any love because oh, that yeah. show is a classic. That show is so so good. Yeah, I like the royal family. That's awesome. No, that hyacinth bucket or hyacinth bouquet. Yeah. She calls okay. herself bouquet, but it's about bucket, isn't it? Yeah. I hate her. And, and I, I, she, she's another she yeah, she was the thing. She's posh. They only had a shitty rover. Uh, yeah. It was. She was not posh at all. 
she's another one like that little dude on Tenable that I just look at and they just make me angry. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I won't say I'd get angry at her. Is it well, Patricia? Angry's a bit Patricia Routledge, was she called? The actress? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, she might be in other things and be signed, but in this character, I hate her. That that's she's doing a job though. That's you're not meant to like the character. You're meant to think she's an idiot. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, okay. I saw I get yeah. I stand corrected. There's no excuse for the guy from Tenable though. I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> Magazine. Absolutely. No, oh, look, I've already <laughs> said a word that I bet thought meant something else and it didn't. I've probably offended people with my takes on Jennifer Aniston and I just saying I don't like small people. I'm going to get cancelled at this rate, mate. We need to stop this. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, just, just so people know, Simon's words only reflect his own views. They are not, uh, they are not reflective of chain wrestling as a whole. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, dear, dear. Oh, Magsy, mate, shall we talk some wrestling? Yes, let's. Let's do it. Um, my selection won again, mate. I know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy at this at all. It's weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, to, be, to be fair, it, it doesn't remotely bother me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it was a good pick. A, a great match. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. I really enjoyed watching it back. I really enjoyed watching it back. Um, the show in question is the September 18th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. And mm-hmm. I picked this because the... The main event of that show is an hour-long Ironman match between Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. First time on cable TV, as uh, Vince McMahon likes to point out, uh, ad nauseum at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I mean, let's get to that. I mean, let's just jump straight in. At the very beginning of the show, we don't get the the opening graphics or the theme tune or anything like that, as you'd expect. You have Vince McMahon there plugging the main event of the show. I mean, that's that's a relative rarity, isn't it? Even for that time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, very reminiscent of the the uh, the speech he gave when uh, he switched to the Attitude Era uh, and the whole kind of uh, "we are not going to insult you, your intelligence anymore." Uh, the 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 stories of heels and and, and faces uh, uh, doesn't apply anymore. There's there's varying shades of grey. It very much reminded me of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, real unusual sight. I, but I suppose it kind of sets up how big a deal this is i guess because at the time 2003 angle your wwe champion um, and brock lesnar was the guy at this stage he was well, he was dubbed the next big thing wasn't he you know he's he's a two-time champion already wrestling for the wwe championship on smackdown was a massive deal in itself but the fact that it was going to be an hour-long ironman contest as well it is a massive deal it was it was i remember it being watching the show and the build-up to the show, I remember it being like a really exciting thing to have on television, Max. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, I, I, this was um, was in the kind of period that I wasn't really watching a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, the main roster WWE product, but 
I remember this match very, very vividly going back to watch it afterwards. And yeah, it's, it's such a good match. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lesnar comes out and looks awesome, doesn't he? I mean, the guy looks fantastic now, don't get me wrong, but he is just huge and chiseled. Yeah, he looks a little odd because he hasn't got the tattoos. He kind yeah. of, I don't know, it looks a bit weird, doesn't it? The dick sword is definitely not, not this is pre dick sword people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now, like I said, he does look, it looks a massive specimen now, but. Uh, back then, he looked like he was chiselled out of granite. He just—he doesn't. He looks like a caricature of a human being rather than an actual human being. Just muscles where there should never be muscles. Yeah, just huge. Um, Angle comes out wearing that uh, the old sort of what was it, the undisputed title, wasn't it? Where they combined the two. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful belt. I really like that title. Yeah, I do. I think it's uh, one. Of, it doesn't get a lot of love uh, as compared to the the winged eagle uh, and and the big gold and the big eagle. But I think it's a, a it's a very classy looking kind of understated world tile. I love the 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 black kind of outline around the edge of the plate. It's really really smart. Mm. I'd take this above the big eagle. Mm, probably not for me. Um, I'd certainly take it over the WWE, the current WWE ones. They're oh, right, absolutely, they're absolutely horrific. Uh, but I, I think it'd be behind the Big Eagle and certainly behind the Winged Eagle for me. But yeah, behind the Winged Eagle, but I think this I'd have this above the Big Eagle. Well, you're wrong, but there you go. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, we're off to the races pretty much straight away, aren't we? As Kurt's getting in the ring, Lesnar decides to have, have a little pop at him. Um, I didn't realise this when I suggested it, but Lesnar's the heel here, isn't he? Yes, he's uh, Vince McMahon's boy. Yeah, that surprises me, because I remember him being obviously the heel when he first came in, and I remember him being the baby face at 19, WrestleMania 19, which was this time as well. So this is only, the what, six months after WrestleMania 19, maybe five months-ish, something like that? And the roles are kind of reversed. Angle's getting cheers and Lesnar's getting the booze. It, yeah. it threw, threw me because I didn't expect it, Max. If I remember rightly, it's not that long after he uh, he basically beat up Zach Gowan. Uh, when he, when he F5'd him into the, the ring post and then when Zach Gowan was all bandaged up and with his one broken leg and he pushed him down some stairs in a, in a wheelchair. See, oh, that's bad. Roddy Piper was involved, was that going for a while as well, wasn't he, around this time, 2003 Yeah. Um, this was uh, when uh, Stephanie uh, and Vince were at odds, and Stephanie uh, essentially helped Zach Gowan get a contract. Uh, they had to uh, win a match, and I can't remember for the life of me who they won a match against. Uh, it was the Big Show, uh, and they beat the Big Show, uh, for Zach Gowan to get a WWE contract, and Vince made it his personal mission to just torment Zach Gowan. Uh, and the Zach Gowan's final boss was was getting destroyed by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and Roddy Piper tried to pull off the fake leg, didn't he? And pulled the wrong mm-hmm. leg for a while. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, Lesnar early on fakes a bad knee after it's been worked over a little bit. Um, basically the whole playing possum thing when Angle approaches slowly Lesnar jumps him I thought that looked pretty crap Max to be honest really? yeah 
I don't know why. I don't know. If, I'd not. Re- I'd recently watched King of the Ring '93 again, and Bret Hart limping around with his bad knees. So maybe by comparison, I don't know because Bret's selling is great. Lesnar here, I, d- I just didn't buy it. Yeah, I mean, you've you've also got to understand that Lesnar at this time was was so damn young. Uh, yeah. Like- like early twenties, so he hadn't got those nuances uh, down. He was he was simply just a, a wrecking machine, uh, well, kind of like learning on the job. Uh, so I, I give him uh, a little bit of a pass because of that. But um, I loved the shit house in me. I absolutely loved it when we had the best part of ten minutes of him being absolutely terrified about getting in the ring. I thought that was some brilliant shit housing, uh, and it can be hard to go a 60-minute match. Uh, that's why you don't really see it a lot. Uh, but for them to to still to use that time and, and to make you hate Brock Lesnar because he just wouldn't get in the ring with, with Angle, I thought that was superb. Yeah, I've got a note on that here myself. Um, just stalling on the outside and dragging it out and dragging it out and dragging it out. Now, again, I understand that an Ironman match for an hour, it can be quite taxing. Of course it can. Um, and you see other Ironman matches... There can be a lot of rest holds. There can be a lot of lulls in the action. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing the stalling here at the beginning, I kind of understood what they were doing. But at the same time, it just added to the, the sort of heat for Lesnar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the shit housing and so on, which again took me a, took me back because I couldn't. I thought Lesnar was the face going into this. So again, it took me back a little bit. Um, the thing with this Iron Man match, though, is that when it does get going. It it stays that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it it takes maybe what fifteen minutes or so to to really kind of start uh start kicking in, and by then we're we're about what two one up to to uh, to Brock. Uh, but once they start hitting that pace, it it just doesn't stop. And, and for these two who were at the their peaks at this time. Um, to, to go 45 minutes uh, just just full pelt it was I thought it was such a good good match really enjoyed yeah. it yeah and me um, we got some cool moments with like uh, well Lesnar gets his head slammed into the steps but mm-hmm. he's kind of half ends up lying on the steps and slides down the corner step by step on his mm-hmm. back that looked like it would be sore as hell yeah. um, Lesnar then brings in a chair gets DQ'd for the first decision, beats on angle, hits an F5 to get the second decision. Mm-hmm. Which, and which for me, I think that's brilliant tactics. Uh, yeah, totally. They, they play it off on, in, uh, with the commentary as if, like, what's he doing? Why is he gifting him a, um, a, a fall? But when you realise that he's just laid waste to Kurt Angle and then Kurt has only got 15 seconds to recover uh, and then he gets uh, picked up with it and then demolished with an F5 to, to level it up, um, that puts Brock in, in, in the driving seat and I, it totally, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the ankle lock is applied by Brock Lesnar and that makes mm-hmm. it 2-1. It is. Um, there's, there's a cool moment here as well that I think just shows how great Kurt Angle is. He's, he's going for those sort of the, the sort of rolling Germans where he hits like three in a row, doesn't he? Quite a sort of stable of, of his mm-hmm. his work. And the second one, it kind of stalls, like they got the timing wrong or it looks a little bit like Brock's trying to get out of it. But Angle then suplexes him anyway. Yeah. And it just looks incredible, doesn't it? Yeah, it, 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 it's almost like uh, Brock was trying to 
escape by keeping hold of the ropes. Uh, and then you see like a little bit of a stumble where maybe uh, Kurt um, didn't have the, the strength to, to carry Brock, but then he just powers through it and just absolutely just destroys him. And the, those German suplexes, they, they look absolutely brutal anyway, uh, but to keep rolling through and getting three of them, it's such a such a, a great move. I, I love the the rolling Germans. Yeah, I'm me. I'm me. And then and then I think he finishes it off that that particular uh, segment with a release one, which just it looks absolutely devastating. Yeah, and and you also get um, a lot of that from Brock as well in this. You get a lot of German suplexes on Angle, mm-hmm. and some of the the bumps Angle sort of takes into the match. You look at it and you say, "Oh my word!" They look really vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, Angle's also speaking of vicious he's viciously thrown into the barricade on the outside at some stage and that the noise the barricade's padded still it's got that black sort of crash mat material on I don't think it was padded I think it, it that to me looked more uh, flat like wood uh, the ones that you have now they you can definitely tell they're padded they're, when someone slammed into them they're almost like memory foam where you can see the outline of the person in them uh, but those ones I thought they looked more kind of like uh like MDF kind of like um, like plywood. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But the thing that stood out for me was the noise. Yeah. When he hit the, it, that sounded. Yeah. Jeez, it sounded terrible. Um. Straight from that angle gets hit of an F five on the floor, which leads to angle being counted out. And this is something I do enjoy about Iron Man matches when they're done well, when decisions are there's a DQ, there's a count out, there's, you know, it's not all just pinfall, pinfall, pinfall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and with, with these two uh, wrestlers having such devastating moves with the angle slam and, and the FR, uh, you can, you can do that a lot better. Uh, you do a move on the outside, um, which, which will incapacitate your, your opponent and then roll back in uh, and pick up a, a pretty easy uh, victory. So it, it it, the the psychology and the storytelling in the matches is really well done. Yeah, that's something I, I was going to sort of touch upon later on. Is that how, how the story they tell is just brilliant from start to finish, um, and that's almost like lots of little mini stories in there as well, isn't there? That the beginning, uh, as you mentioned, Magsy, with Lesnar sort of not wanting to get in the ring and so on, and then using the chair to okay take a, a decision against him, but earn a couple back to be ahead mm-hmm. ultimately really clever little bit of storytelling there yeah um, kind of like a chess match sometimes yeah. you have to give up a pawn uh, to be able to take a bishop and that's uh, that's how I kind of viewed that that early segment with, with Brock yeah yeah exactly um, we get an angle slam for 3-2 uh, mm-hmm. and then there's there's a moment I really enjoyed it. it's something you've seen quite a lot of angle Lesnar matches but it never fails to just make me go oh that was awesome um, it was an angle slam, which was counted into an F five, which was then counted into an ankle lock, mm-hmm. and it was just all so smooth and and just fantastic stuff. Yeah. And then we get a ref bump. I don't, I, I didn't remember this happening. Oh yeah, with uh, with a uh, young Hebner, Brian Hebner, I yes. think it is. Yeah, that's yep. right. We do. Uh, that means that the we can't get a pin from the angle slam. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Lesnar uses a low blow at this point, doesn't he? Mm-hmm, he does. And then the belt shot. 
Oh my goodness, the belt shot. Obviously, the belt shot looks as belt shots do, I suppose. But Kurt throwing himself into the mat. Oh my God, it looked like he'd been shot. It, yes. He went down like he'd been hit, I don't know, with, with a hammer or something. It was, oh, why? Just reminds me how great Kurt Angle was, you know? Yeah, and, and that puts Brock 4-2 up uh, with just over half of the, the time used up. Yeah, yeah. Um I suppose we get some more brilliance from Angle as well. A drop kick from the top rope, Max. I don't remember Angle doing that before or since. He, I remember him doing it um, in, I'm sure it's in the triple threat with uh, Jericho and Benoit, but it's something that he, he very rarely pulls out. Um, then he does the, uh, does the moonsault. Oh, that looks so good, doesn't it? Yeah. It, I think it looks better when a, a wrestler like Angle does it, uh, because he doesn't do it every week um, or every match, uh, every single time. So when he does it, it, it's, it looks more special. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's perfect as well, isn't it? It's not like, don't get, I'm not criticising anybody else here, but it, it doesn't sort of waver off to the side or end up being kind of diagonal a little bit or mm-hmm. yeah, the legs are in different places. I mean, it, it looks perfect he's straight it's it's almost like a gymnast sort of yeah you know so good so good yeah. and then we get angle uh he gets a um the ankle lock uh, locked in but uh brock rolls him out and was able to uh kind of uh use his momentum to to toss kurt uh to the outside uh then he grabs the steps uh and this was another um like um moment that that looks so brutal but when you when you catch the replays you can see how how safe it was but uh angle is back in the ring brock is trying to bring the the ring steps into into the ring and uh angle drop kicks the steps essentially into brock's face uh sending him crashing down the the entrance aisle and the stairs like um go behind him almost like he did a german suplex at the same time uh and you can see these like uh, metal stairs rolling down the the the, the aisle it's such a, a yeah. really cool moment yeah it really it looked good didn't it Mm-hmm. Just the whole the whole way it was set up and and the sort of after effects of the steps tr- trundling away almost like a big metallic tumbleweed sort of thing I guess yeah yeah um so gone and then then I was just going to say we we then uh, cut to a break and then when we come back from the break uh, we find out that that Lesnar's five to up because uh, during yeah. the, the during the off period uh, he hits a massive superplex um, and and gets a gets another pin so. Uh, Kurt is well in the weeds now, three uh, three pins down uh, with about 40 minutes left to go. So what are your thoughts on that, Mags? The decision happening whilst they're on an advert. Um, For they me... Can get, they can get messages to the referee and then, and then the wrestlers, and you see it in TV shows now when the wrestling is live. They don't do much during the adverts, and then they you know, mm-hmm. go back to when the show is back and so on. Yeah, I, I I suppose it gives you the whole anything can happen any time. But what are your thoughts on that decision being missed? I actually didn't mind it. I thought it added to the realism that this was a this was a sixty minute Iron Man match. That, like I said, anything can happen at any time. And the fact that we missed uh, a a move uh, a pin because of the break, um, it kind of almost it was to show this isn't scripted because. 
that happened when nobody was watching, essentially. So I actually, mm. I thought it was a, a, a clever little move on WWE's part. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Um, Angle slams Lesnar's leg into the post on the outside after this. Yeah, it, well, it, he, he does the F5 yes, into, the, yeah. into the post. This is absolutely superb. Uh, Michael Cole, near enough, uh, comes in his pants when he sees that. He gets so excited. <laughs> Vintage. Um, <laughs> the ankle lock is applied, but you know uh, Lesnar eventually escapes. He then hits an F five for a two count. Mm-hmm. Um, and some one uh, again, certain things Angle does every now and again that I just think why every time I see it. Um, Lesnar's on top of the ropes. Always looks like he's going for the moonsault again. That he kind of landed on his head with at WrestleMania 19. Angle jumps up and does that that, that sort of run and sprint yeah. and climb. So good, yeah. Oh, just for the, for the, up bella the ropes. To bella. Yeah. So so good. Yeah. It's, God, uh, that that uh, that gives Angle uh, a pin back. I think it's five three now. Less yep. than ten minutes to go. Uh, so yeah, we're getting down to the nitty gritty now. And a downside, I suppose, to Ironman matches involving Kurt Angle. At some point, he's already pulled the straps down to show he means business. But this match has gone on for a little while. He needs to show he means business again. So he puts the straps back up. So pull them back down. Pull them back down again. Which worked. You know, as daft and as funny as that sounds, it worked. Um, There's another great sort of little counter to... It's a German suplex, which is then countered into almost like a victory roll by Angle which then carries on through past where it would be um, looking to cover the guy into the ankle lock yep. for Lesnar to tap out. Um, that gives it 5-4. I think it's about four minutes left at this stage, Bags. It is. Uh, and this is where Kurt started to frustrate me because he started to go for, for moves that I'd say you you would go for to wear a person down over a, a long a longer match. So he goes for like the 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 STF, yeah, uh, which nobody taps out to an STF unless it's applied by John Cena. Um, but it's a mat, it's a move that if you've only got four minutes to go, you want to be hitting massive high impact moves to get a quick pin because not only has he is he one uh fall show he, he essentially needs to get two more to win the match so he's got four minutes to do that um and then he goes for his uh his um rolling germans again but they take so long that he ends up having like by the time he's finished them he's got like 45 seconds left and he's mm-hmm. still pinned down uh for me kurt should have been hitting Angle slam should have been going for uh, ankle lock moves that that can get him that 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 pin. But I, I understand that he had to use up that time and 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 make it look like he was just about to to get that uh, to get that last victory needed to take it into sudden death. But that that last ankle lock for me was brilliant. The way Brock sold it, the way he was scrambling to get to ev- almost every single side of the ropes uh, and, and was just able to hold on. And then the frustration Kurt had when he was on the floor and he's like punching the 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 uh, the canvas almost. Um, I thought it was told told a really good story. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant finish, isn't it? A really clever yeah. ending. Mm-hmm. Um he gets the angle lock on with a few seconds left. 
and you, you basically hope you, everyone's screaming for Lesnar to tap, but he just never does, and the time expires. And I think it was done perfectly because if it, if it was put on much earlier, it kind of sort of telegraphs what's going to happen potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's put on later, then it's always a case of oh, well, he did it too late, or you know, it, it, it's not as convincing. This was just done perfectly for me, and it's another example of um, I, I suppose. Uh, a mini story inside the bigger story they were telling in this hour long contest. Um, yeah. And Lesnar, Lesnar leaves the new WWE champion having won the match five falls to four. So yeah, brilliant stuff, Mags. I thought, yeah, I, I, I think if there's any matches that we've watched on this show, this one stands up as one you could happily watch in 2021 and it would still be as good now as it was then. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I really, really enjoyed watching this back. Um, I suppose we'll get to ratings. Um, out of 10, Magsy mate, how do you see this one? Um, the I enjoyed the shit I was in the, at the beginning. Um, I can see why people uh, wouldn't though. Um, so... But for me, it absolutely worked. Uh, I enjoyed the the huge gap that that Lesnar uh, built up uh, and the the kind of comeback that Kerr had to do. There were stuff that like, frustrated me. Like I said, the uh, angle in the last four minutes when he should have been going for uh, basically make a break. Um, it was almost like he was going for moves that wear wrestlers down rather than high impact. Um, but yeah, I can't complain. It was a, and I enjoyed every minute of watching this uh this back so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with 8.5 oh okay okay doke 8.5 mags 8.5 okay i'm gonna go something very very similar i think i really really enjoyed watching this back i thought it was absolutely superb um i enjoyed it more than uh, the Usos Shield, which we gave a seven. I enjoyed it probably as much as Jared HBK, which we both gave an eight. I, I, I'll tell you what, actually, I think I'm going to join you, Max. I think I'm going to do exactly the same and give it an 8.5. I think it was that good. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think you're right in that it's a match you can look back on. I mean, I mean what are we in now? 2021. So this match is 17, 18 years old? Yeah, 18 years old. So... To look back on a match as old as that, I mean that's pushing two decades now. I mean that's you know, that's and it stands up as well as it does. I mean, you know, testament to the two guys who were in it, and the, and the fact that the tempo, as I mentioned earlier, in Iron Man matches and in matches that go an hour that aren't necessarily under Iron Man rules, they have lulls in them. Mm-hmm. Um, this I don't think does. I think when it hits a certain gear, they just keep going, and I think that was just great they told a couple of brilliant mini stories inside this great big story so yeah 8.5 magazine is a really good shape mate yeah i mean it, it, we've certainly watched better i mean mm-hmm. uh kenny versus uh okada is um technically a better match but um it was it was definitely up there with some of the best that we've watched yeah yeah without doubt. um okay I suppose that brings us to where we go next. Uh, As is tradition, Mr. Max, would you like to go first? Okay. So um, Brock won the the title uh, and he ended up carrying that title uh, 
for, for quite a while. He went, I think after this, he goes into a feud with Undertaker. Um, then um, he ends up dropping the title uh, around February to Eddie Guerrero. Uh, no way out, which then obviously Eddie uh, and we he goes on to uh, defend at, at WrestleMania. Uh, we get uh, that that uh, the scene with uh, Eddie and Benoit both being champions at the same time. Uh, but at that WrestleMania, we obviously then see Brock uh, taking on Goldberg, uh, where they get shit on because we both know that the, we all know that they're both leaving, uh, and nobody gives a shit about it. Um, and it's a while till we see Brock Lesnar back in the WWE. Um, he goes off to be uh, uh, a world champion at, at UFC, and uh, he doesn't return till 2012. So we're looking at like almost, well, just over eight years of Brock being away. Um, so I want to go back to that that time. I want to go back to when Brock returned to the the, the WWE. Uh, in fact, his his very first match back. Okay. Uh, do you remember what his first match back was? Mm, I don't. Well, was it Cena? It was John Cena at Extreme Rules 2012 in an Extreme Rules match. Oh, okay. And that's what you want to go for? Yep. The the main event of Extreme Rules 2012, uh, John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. Why? two huge names there a huge match as well and, and for context it got four and a half jagged melts of stars oh bloody hell four and a half stars as well from a uh, old uncle dave why okay see this is really really strange mate um for people who don't know i mean i don't see how you wouldn't know just a little bit of clarification mags and i we never confer on this sort of thing we never discuss where I'm going, where he's going, or anything like that. Um, so this is really, really strange because the match I've selected comes from 2012 and also got four and a half stars. How weird is that? That's eerily weird. That's a bit trippy, isn't it? Um, I'll, I'll tell you my thought process. Um, this SmackDown, I'm, I'm going back to go back to my roots, Mags, going back to what I used to do a great deal uh, and use the arena to have a little look at where I can link to because <laughs> I, like, I like that kind of thing. I don't know why, I just get a kick out of that. Um, this was the PDC P- Arena in North Carolina. This SmackDown was held in 2003. So straight away, my mind was like, ah, North Carolina. Everyone knows how big a Ric Flair fan I am. There's a way of doing something with that, surely. But I, I, I you know, stepped away from that. Well, no, come on, you know, let's look for something a bit different. Something we might not have seen before. Um, and in 2012, there, well, there was a few pay-per-views that have been on, on this, uh, in this arena. Um, no mercy from, I think 2006 was in this same arena. So I could have chosen a match from there, Mags. Um, SummerSlam 2000 was from this same arena. So I could have chosen a match from there. And again, all the possibilities with, North Carolina, Flair, and so on were going through my mind as well. But somehow I've come to the same year as you and the same star rating as you, completely at random, which is brilliant. Um, I'd like to go back to 2012 and the same arena in North Carolina where WWE held the Over the Limit pay-per-view in 2012. And and I, th- I think you're going Punk versus Brain. I am. 
I am going CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. 24 minutes of just awesomeness that also got four and a half stars. So, yeah. so it is a great, great match. Um, ironically, on both uh, this card and um, and the card that the Happy Extreme Rules, uh, Ryback has a as a squash match where the, the he wrestles for maybe about two minutes. Okay. Just just a, a little nugget of information. He beat, he actually beats uh Camacho, uh who uh you may know now as uh Tangaloa from Gorillas of Destiny. Oh why? Oh okay, that's quite cool. Ah. That, that's the that's like the kind of refresher between uh Punk and Brian um and then the main event which is uh John Cena versus John Laurinaitis, which uh Oh, that watching that match back makes me shudder. See, I totally forgot that that happened. I mean, I'll be honest, I forgot there was even a pay per view called Over the Limit, but that's why I sort of honed in on that one. But yeah, so those are your choices for the poll. The poll will be up as always an hour to a day after the episode, if I remember. This week I forgot, <laughs> if you, you may have seen on Twitter, uh, a show very heavily based upon our listener and Twitter interactions very heavily based upon the subject of our poll and people voting. And I just forgot to post it. What a moron I am. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The, the potential steps, the links that we are looking at this week, then Um, Mr. Mags would like to go to 2012 extreme rules pay-per-view John Cena versus Brock Lesnar in an extreme rules match, which got four and a half stars from Shagger Dave. Um, I too would like to go to 2012 um, to see another four and a half stars match as CM Punk faces Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. Vote, retweet, comment away, etc. As soon as the poll is up, it will be tagged on to the tweet with this episode being shared in it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's two awesome choices there, Magsy. Yeah, two great matches and eerily similar. I mean, shocking how like i said we don't we don't uh confer at all and yet we've both got um pretty much within a couple of months of each other yeah and it is weird because i normally went I, I nearly went sorry a completely different direction with the whole rick flair thing so yeah really strange but yeah quite interesting quite and they're both very good matches as well so it'd be very interesting you currently lead 17 12 i think it is overall. i'm sure i'm sure you'll pull that back in fact i'm just checking the timeline now and uh extreme rules 2012 is on april the 29th 2012 and over the limit is on may the 20th 2012 so we're actually within three weeks of each other so of all the wrestling we could have gone to we're within three weeks that is insane madness why that's some like twilight zone shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online my friend absolutely so you can find me on twitter at podfather mags uh in terms of content i am all over the shop uh radio techers where we cover football five rounds where we cover uh ufc um just I am absolutely everywhere. If you've got a podcast, uh, I've probably been on it before you've even come up with the idea. Uh, but yeah, you, you'll <laughs> find links to uh, to all my content on my Twitter. And a change in attitude this week, Magsy, mate. What are we looking at? Oh, so this week is the Raw after 
King of the Ring. Okay. Uh, uh, where we see the fallout from the infamous Austin 316 promo uh, and with uh, with uh, the build-up to international incident uh, with with the likes of champion Shawn Michaels and intercontinental champion um, Ahmed Johnson and the the ultimate warrior wink because there's a swerve uh, going up against Camp Cornet. So yeah, uh, check that out. Uh, that's on chair shot. That should drop in the next uh, few hours as we're recording. Uh, so yeah, we uh, really appreciate uh, you going and, and listening to that and giving us your feedback. Yep, I really enjoyed what I heard the first time round, mate. Looking forward mm-hmm. to it coming out. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, no, it's great stuff, mate. Really, really good. Um, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words, but more importantly, you can find the show on Twitter at Chain underscore Wrestling. You can also find the show on Facebook, and and you can find the show on Instagram as well. Night Mags. Wow, I know. We're all over the place. I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm doing on Instagram. Really I don't haven't. Think I have, but uh, I, I don't even know if I've got an Instagram account. I might have. I don't know. Can't remember. But, but we're there. If you want to find us, yeah, send me a message, and if I read it, great. Um, otherwise, my daughter might respond to you because I don't know really know what I'm doing, or I might screenshot it, send it to Mags, and say what's going on. I, I don't know. But either way, um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook or instagram just search at chain underscore wrestling on all of those formats um i'm off now to broaden the queen's musical horizons even more and maybe lend her a megadeth cd mr max <laughs> i will speak to you next week my friend see you later <laughs> <laughs>